Good afternoon. Welcome to the Weekly Livestock Market Update. I'm Brownfield anchor reporter Megan Grebner. With us, as always, to talk all things markets is University of Missouri Scott Brown. Happy Friday, Scott. Hey, good afternoon, Megan. All right. As we get into our conversation this week, let's start and kick things off by recapping what happened What happened in the markets. Yeah, if we start on the cattle side of the equation, it was a pretty good week for cattle markets again. Uh, live fed cattle prices were up uh, $2.25, while the uh, feeder cattle auctions were steady to $5 higher for the week. Uh, on the future side, we really got, saw very little change as the December live cattle futures contract was down slightly, while that January feeder cattle futures contract closed up slightly for the week. Uh, strength on the beef side of the equation, the choice box beef price was uh, $6.25 higher this week. That puts it $20 and uh, higher than where we were a year ago at this time. So really good strength in that choice box beef price. And we saw really positives in all the components on that box beef price. On the barrel and gilt side of the equation, uh, both cash barrel and gilt prices and the December lean hog futures contract was down about 25 cents for the week. Uh, The pork cut value also had strength this week up $4.50 as we saw Strength across the board, but certainly hams and bellies uh, help lead to that higher pork cutout value. All right, let's talk uh, trade. We've talked a lot about those weekly export sales report, but uh, we've also talked about the importance of the monthly trade data. Uh, As we take a look at that report this week, what were some highlights uh, from this month? Yeah, so if we start on the beef side, uh, September beef exports were uh, basically even with where we were a year ago at this time. Um, if you look at year to date uh, on the beef export side, we're down about 86 million pounds um, as we've really seen weakness in a number of those markets uh, 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 across the period. Only uh, South Korea uh, can we actually talk about some slightly higher uh, exports when we look at year to date. Japan's been down uh, about 63 million pounds year to date. So um, lower beef exports as we've uh, looked again, at these first uh, three quarters of 2019. Maybe the attention has been much more focused on what's been happening on the pork export side, especially given some of the weekly data that we've seen of late. But overall, uh, USDA calls September pork exports up 13% uh, from a year ago. That's really driven by what was a nearly 50 million pound increase in uh, pork exports going to China, Hong Kong, and Taiwan, uh, more than offsetting what was some weakness in places like Mexico, uh, Japan, and South Korea. Uh, we're actually up in terms of pork exports for the first three quarters of the year by 162 million pounds, uh, according to USDA. Does that keep us on pace to meet USDA's projections for 2019? So if you look at uh, what USDA is projecting, and in fact, if, if you look at the WASDA report today, they actually lowered slightly uh, exports for 2019 of pork. Uh, we have to talk about a growth of roughly uh, 625 million pounds. Um, and so when we're up 162, uh, we're going to have to really see some big movements of pork out of the United States in this last quarter. Uh, to hit USDA's overall uh, 6.5 billion pounds of of, uh, pork that they project will leave the United States. That 6.5 just compares to about 5.9 billion pounds of pork that was exported in in 2018. So 
I think it's a tall order to get there, but uh, again, I think a lot of that will just hinge on uh, China in particular. All right, let's talk all things WASTI. Uh, that was a big report that came out today. As we take a look at that, are we surprised to see how USDA adjusted uh, exports for this year? Well, they did come across the board for beef, pork, and chicken and lower all of them down about 180 million pounds uh, relative to their October numbers in the November report that we got today. You put that on top of what was uh, in their report, a 200 million pound increase in production of those three meats. And we end up with a situation where uh, they've increased per capita availability by roughly a pound this month relative to where they were in October. Uh, so more product back on domestic markets uh, than where they were at just a month ago. It is just a pound, but uh, the more product we move in these domestic markets, the more we might get concerned about at what prices uh, that moves. I wouldn't want us to forget on the corn side, uh, USDA did lower that corn yield by 1.4 bushels this month. Um, I think we have adequate supplies of corn out there, but that uh, SNU has been tightening some and did result in USDA increasing uh, their expected price for the 1920 crop by a nickel uh, in the November report. Does that also get into what we think about as livestock producers and our input costs? And if we're still struggling to see prices push higher, uh, bottom line and being able to navigate margins. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess I keep sitting here and go where we're at. There's on feed costs, there's probably more upside potential than, than downside in these markets. If you're a producer that can't handle a lot of feed price risk, maybe it's an, maybe you should take advantage of opportunities to lock in some cheaper feed costs, whether that's maybe more physical storage than you otherwise might uh, do or actual uh, futures market activity, all those things can help you at least lock in. But what one could set out there next spring, and if we have another wet spring and we don't get a lot of corn planted, I think you and I both know we'll talk about corn prices that are much higher uh, than, than where we sit today. So there, I, I do think there's some, we don't want to get lulled to sleep while, by what's been lower, pro, lower prices on the feed cost side for a while and think about uh, those opportunities to go ahead and protect some, some uh, risk on the upside. All right, let's talk consumer sentiment as we take a look at those preliminary results for November. Yeah, when we look at the preliminary November results, uh, they really come in amazingly close to where we were in, in October in that overall index of consumer sentiment, um, basically unchanged. But when you look at the components, uh, we get a little bit of difference. The current uh, economic conditions were, was down 2% in these preliminary numbers relative to October while the index of consumer expectations or what we think uh, as, as consumers look ahead actually grew by 2%. So uh, maybe a little less optimistic about the current situation and more optimistic about where we head moving forward. Uh, I, I guess from a meat standpoint, that's not bad if we uh, can see, the, uh, see that expectations realized as we move ahead. I want to talk a little bit about um, the time of year that we are uh, as we get kind of moving into that holiday season. I know we're early in that conversation, but can we start to possibly see an uptick in uh, maybe some some holiday boost uh, for, for some of our meats as well? 
I think we are getting into that period of time where we could see some boosts as we, you know, get in the latter uh, part of the year. Um, I, I think one of the things that that we have to to think about here for a minute is domestic demand's been really good this year. Um, we talked about WASDI and the fact that USDA has been upping uh, the amount of product that's reached domestic consumers. It's it's frankly quite. Uh, amazing how well prices have held in, given what now is even maybe more consumption uh, occurring domestically than we thought otherwise. And so being able to put uh, that together with what might be a, a stronger seasonal pattern as we enter the holidays, uh, to, to me, there's some reasons to be a little bit short-term optimistic on uh, where some of these uh, prices could go for producers uh, from that uh, additional demand. All right, Scott, I think that's it for us this week. Uh, as we look ahead to next week, what reports will we be chatting about next Friday? Yes, we don't get a lot of reports out next week. We will get retail prices uh, from USDA midweek, but that's really the only big report coming for uh, for next week. All right. I look forward to actually seeing you in person in Kansas City, and we will chat then. Sounds great, Megan. Have a great weekend. To have our weekly livestock market update delivered to your email box every Saturday morning, visit our website, brownfieldagnews.com, and you can submit questions and comments as well. For market updates twice daily, check out John Perkins' Market Minute, and make sure to check out all of the Brownfield podcasts available at brownfieldagnews.com slash podcast. Have a great weekend. I'm Megan Grebner for Brownfield.